to have uh, Jennifer Rubel to come and to share about her trip that she recently took to Uganda. Uh, the Lord blessed her in this trip, and uh, many of you uh, have known Jennifer for a long time, uh, just to see uh, how Jennifer has just made this circle in her life or made this 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 trip and where the Lord has placed her right now, we are grateful. Uh, so you welcome her. She's a little under the weather, but she's here. She's here, and uh, you pray for her. She shares this morning. Come, Jennifer. Good morning. Um, like Pastor Frank says, I'm a little under the weather, two weeks back into school, and I've already got a cold, which is nothing unusual. Um, but I am here this morning, and I am honored and humbled to be able to share this trip with you. First of all, I want to thank um, this church for your support. Many of you supported me financially. Um, I know there was a lot of prayers going up because we got there safe. Nobody was sick. We got back safe. Um, and just encouragement that was uh, given to me um, for this trip. So, as always, I am humbled and grateful for the support the church has for us as we go on these trips. Um, it was a, I was trying to decide what to show and what to speak about because there's so much packed into this trip, and to be able to share it with you in a 25-minute time frame is a little difficult, but I'm going to do my best to do that. But I just wanted to read this piece of scripture from First Chronicles 16.34. It says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love, his faithful love endures forever. And um, God is good all the time, right? That's something they did in Africa Church and the Ugandan church we went to. They said that probably four or five times. Um, but you may be asking, why Uganda? I've been to Guatemala the last seven summers. Um, but the last three years, I really wanted to go someplace differently. So I specifically started praying about Uganda. But what I realized in going on this, um, being able to go on this trip this year when God led me uh, to Uganda was that he actually laid the continent of Africa on my heart about 20 years ago. And um, what you don't know or may not know about me is I didn't give my life to Christ until about 10 years ago. So I realized in this trip that God was pursuing me then even to go on this trip. So it was just a really cool thing to be able to see. And um, I was never scared. I was asked that several times, are you scared? And I was never scared. Anxious, yes, because I'd never been. I never had to uh, fly on so many airplanes, like, within a certain amount of time. Um, anxious, never scared, definitely excited. Um, so the trip over was not the smoothest. We got delayed a day. I had to take, I flew four airplanes over there, four different types of airplanes. I got to fly on the big double-decker from Detroit to, no, from, I'm sorry, from Amsterdam to Kenya. Um, it was a little old, so wasn't quite sure about that one, but it was a full flight. We were in, like, row 68. That's how big it was. It was full. They were not prepared for us when we got off in Kenya. They were scrambling to open up more security lines. Um, but, like I said, the trip over was a little rough, but... During the trip there and just being able to see what God is doing in Uganda was um, just a blessing to me. 
So I just want to give you some facts about Uganda. It's according to Global Finance Magazine. It ranks number 28 as one of the poorest countries in the world. Comparing that to Guatemala, where we've been before, Guatemala is 71. So I thought I had text Tara and I said I thought I'd seen poverty. But when I got to Uganda, I'd never seen poverty like that. Um, but what makes that astonishing to me is that there are more countries even more poor than Uganda. And I can't imagine how they live or what it looks like. It just, it just boggles my mind. Um, Uganda's population, um, half the country's population is under the age of 14, which makes it one of the youngest countries in the world. There are 2.5 million orphans in Uganda. 1.2 million are due to poverty, preventable diseases, lack of food. 1.3 million are due to HIV and AIDS. This is a major threat to the population of Uganda. Uh, motorcycles are known as taxis, and they are called the Boda Boda. You might find three or four or five people on them. Um, so um, it is, I thought this was interesting. It says Uganda is believed to have the potential to feed all of Africa if it was commercially and sensibly farmed. But due to political instability and erratic political management, the country itself is susceptible to starvation in the future. The Nile River originates in Uganda, and we actually were able to drive over the Nile River on a new bridge built by, built by the Chinese. So coming back from where we stayed, going back to the airport, um, I actually got to see the Nile River, which was pretty cool. Life expectancy is 56 years old. The Uganda money is called a shilling. It's about 3,600 shillings to a dollar. So when I exchanged my money, I had like 700,000 shillings. I was like, this is pretty cool right now. Um, but... It is roughly the size of Oregon and has a population of 37 million people. Official languages are English and Swahili, but in the village of Kamakoli, which is where I stayed, the official language is Luguer, and Sarodi is another village I went to. They speak Swahili, Ateso, and Kuman. 25% of Ugandans live below the international poverty line of $1.90 a day. Dollar ninety a day is what they live on. White people are called mazungas. So when we would go on the, I mean, obviously we stood out. There's like ten white people in this little caravan, right? And when they would see us, they would wave and go mazunga, mazunga. Um, I finally figured out what that meant about the fourth day I was there. So, um, and this is funny. I thought it was funny. He says, if they ask you, will you help me travel with a baboon? They are asking to borrow fifty because there is a baboon on this. So if I ever come up and ask you to help me travel with a baboon, I'm going to want 50 bucks from you. Um, but what you don't know, maybe you don't know about Warmer Child, is they, um, is they go alongside ministries that have already been established in these other countries. And in Uganda, they have come alongside the Heinz Ugandan Ministries, which was started by Catherine Heinz about 24, 25 years ago. Um, she felt God lay the country of Africa, or the continent of Africa, but specifically Uganda on her heart when she's about 15. She is, I want to say, like 53 or 54, but don't quote me. Um, but this is an amazing ministry. There are children who grew up in Heinz Ministries who are now pouring into the kids who are in this ministry. What this ministry does is it, it helps kids get sponsored. It helps kids go to school, but most importantly, it teaches people about Jesus. And... Um, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And I definitely see this happening in this ministry where they are making disciples of those who are in their program. Now to the fun part. Justin, will you turn the pictures on for me? First picture up is the team that I served with. There were nine of us. Um, Most of us were from Florida. I'll start with myself. The guy behind me is Boomba. He was raised up in Heinz Ministry. We have Ronnie, the lady that you really can't see. That's Phyllis, Savannah. Then we have Laura Jones, who is a missionary over there for One More Child. Behind her is Jim, um, Zoe, Sean, Tristany, and Rebecca, our leader. You can go ahead and go to the next one. This is where we stayed. This is the guest house I'm, I stayed in. If you walk in, you see the living room. If you come out and the, you see this room here, like a little corridor, I guess. Um, if you took a left, you would go to the kitchen to another bathroom, a bedroom. Right, it would take you to the bedroom and outside to the other bedrooms where we stayed. All right, you can keep going. This is just some pictures I took um, going into Uganda when we got there. When we landed in uh, Ebi about... 1 a.m., um, we decided not to stay at the hotel that we would normally stay at um, because we'd only get, like, maybe four hours there, and we were like, we'll just sleep on the on the little coaster and just take us where we need to go. So um, this is me in between waking up and going back to sleep. I took a few pictures. Um, so you can go ahead to the next one. This is Awana's, and uh, I know that Pastor Frank has showed a video. Um, 500 kids. Every Saturday, they can serve anywhere between 500 to 1,000 children depending on um, where they are at school. Some of them are away at school, boarding school or university. Savannah is 12. Savannah traveled without her parents to Uganda, brave parents. Um, Jim and Phyllis were her uh, guardians over there, I guess you would say. Um, Savannah led our Bible study at Awana about creation and how each of them were special, and she used the fingerprint as an example for that. You can go. This is Awana's. the little girl in front um, with, like, the pink stripe, her name is Privis. She was actually sponsored while we were there by our trip leader, Rebecca, and her family. You can go. This is uh, me uh, giving them out, like, the stickers um, for the fingerprints and just explaining to them how special they are. The picture here to the right Rebecca took, and I love this picture um, because this boy, one of the things I prayed for before I went was that I would love these people no matter what. And this boy came up to me, and he bear-hugged me. I mean, just bear-hugged me. But I have to tell you, the odor that reeked off of him, I mean, I did, I don't know, God was in control because I didn't go, (gasps) or anything like that. I just hugged him tighter. And so Rebecca got this picture. So this was just a great reminder to me that God answered that prayer. Next picture. This is Awana and some games they were doing that day, tug-of-war and some other games. I couldn't, we didn't understand what was happening. So um, you can keep going. This is a material shop we went to that day after Awana's. We went to uh, the market. Um, then we went to this material store where we were able to pick out material. We had some things made while we were there. Um, a lot of material. It was very overwhelming. And so I was in and out in about 15 minutes because I couldn't. It was just it was too much. I found what I wanted, and I just stepped outside. All right, Justin. This little boy was outside of the material store. I took his picture, showed it to him, and... I mean, look at that smile. Isn't it awesome? Um, they love to see themselves. Um, they don't have mirrors a lot of times because it's cultural. They, don't, they can't afford it. Not many have phones. So when they see themselves, even the adults, they smile. You can go to the next one. This is just in the town that we are at where the market was. Just some pictures. You can keep going. 
This is just some uh, farmland as we drove through and took some pictures. And this is Sunday school class that I taught. Um, I taught from the verse Romans one twenty. It says, where we do not have an excuse of who God is because of his creation. So they did a little art project. Um, they really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure because they were, you know, like 18, 19, 20, but they really embraced it and really loved it. So it was just a really good experience to be able to share with them and talk with them about their country. And um, the girl here is Gift. She is one of the pastors that we met. It's She's his daughter. And there's Ivan, who is going to school to be a teacher. Um, so um, it was just a really good day that we had um, at Sunday school. You can go to the next one. Church. Who am I? I'm telling you, if you've never been to church, you've never been to church until you've been to church in Uganda. Because they are all out about worshiping God. About worshiping God. This church was, before I even stepped in, I will tell you this, I felt the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if I've ever had an experience like that before. I stepped onto the the slab in front of the church, and just, I knew it was God. The presence of God was so so real and so thick there um, that it brought me to tears. But what was really cool, it's about a church of this size. It was full. It was overflowing. People were in the middle aisles. People were bowing down, praying. People were inside, outside, looking in, trying to hear the word, because many of them don't have a Bible. And even if they have one, honestly, they can't read it. So to hear the word of God is something that they they crave, they desire, they want. They walk miles to get to church so they can hear the word of God. And I was thinking, wouldn't Pastor Frank love for his church to be overflowing like that? It was just an experience. I, I mean, I can't tell you and describe you in words what it was like, but it was an experience that um, I hope I never forget, but I soon won't forget, because their worship is pure. It's, um, it's honest, and they just... They desire um, all that God has for them. You can go to the next one. These are just some of the ladies in church that we were sitting in front of us. Um, Very welcoming to us. Um, Just thankful that we were there. And uh, this is just a baby I thought was cute. This is us uh, separating our supplies. As I said, nine people were on the team. Um, We took 19 suitcases check luggage, out of those 19, 16 of them were supplies. We gave out every single supply except for maybe a few things. Um, So this is us working through those supplies, separating them um, to take to the different villages that we had visited while we were there. Um, This is the living room of the the guest house we stayed in. You can go ahead to the next one. Um, I don't know. This is just some pictures um, when we were going to Sarodi, another village. Um, just some random pictures, but I don't know if you can see that picture really well, the, like the cart. But it's like a piece of beef sticking out of that going to market. And that's what I love about third world countries because they're kind of so random. Just just you'll see anything happening. Um, but this is a guy taking some meat to a market to sell and uh, just, uh, you know, just it's what it is. Um, it's Uganda. Um, if you look at the the little van there in the car, you'll see chickens on top of it. Um, chickens are fresh there. You go to the market, you get your chickens, you take them home, and you take care of business. Um, the truck there has some cows that were bought at the market, and they were going to wherever they were going. Um, Ugandans don't go to your local Winn-Dixie. They don't go to Walmart. They farm. 
They have their chickens. They have their goats. They have their hogs. They have their cows. They have their vegetable gardens. That's how they survive. Um, they grow their own food. You can go to the next one. Um, this is the first, this is Sarodi, the first stop we made. Um, the little boy that you see in the yellow pants is actually a sponsored child to Ronnie, um, the lady uh, with, like, the gray hair. Um, this is her sponsored child, and I, I don't remember his name. Um, but this this baby was, I don't know, it was just a cute baby, so I held it. Um, but the baby was there at the same house, and I walked over and picked up the baby, and it was wet. And I was like, ooh. I'm not sure why it was wet, but it was wet. But it was a cute baby, and it kept sticking its fingers in my mouth, and I was trying not to let that happen either because I didn't want to get sick. Um, but as I'm holding this baby, and it's pulling on my, uh, my glasses, and I ask, uh, somebody asked what the baby's name was, and they said, Precious. And I said, yes, she is. Because, I mean, look at that face. Um, you can go to the next slide. Now, I don't know if you can see this real well, but sponsorship is special. Um, when you can actually see your child that you're sponsoring, um, it makes it more real. And as you can see, it was very real to Ronnie. Um, happy tears, very much so. And so um, I would encourage you, if you don't sponsor, to sponsor a child. Um, one more child, compassion, whatever, because it does make a difference in their, not only their life, but their family's lives. Um, so we were lucky enough for some of those who sponsored were able to see our sponsored child. You can go to the next one. This is me and Emmanuel, or um, as his name would be in uh, Ugandan, it's Emma. Um, I didn't know I was going to meet him. I had, uh, one of the girls had met her sponsored child at Awana's, and I was like, I wonder if I can meet mine. So they, uh, I mentioned it, and they said, where is he at, Kemakoli or Sarodi? And I was like, oh, well, I honestly don't know. Um, he lives in Sarodi. So after the stop with Ronnie's sponsored child, we pulled up to this place, and I had no clue. Nobody told me. Um, we were sitting in the van, and uh, Laura, who's a missionary over there, she goes, Jennifer, what did you say your sponsored child's name is? I said, Emmanuel O, because they don't give their last names. Um, she goes, this is him. And I went, nah, uh She goes, yeah. So this was just a really special moment because um, I had been sponsoring Emmanuel for about four months, I think. He's 13. He wants to be a doctor. And um, so just being able to meet him, and it was a little awkward, I won't lie, because everybody's standing around us as well, you know, the first time we meet. And um, a little awkward, but it was also very special. Um, but when we had our wild time that night, and wild time, um, it's just discussing the day and what stands out to you. Um, Rebecca reminded me um, that my sponsorship will help him to become a doctor. So it does change lives, and just being able to be a part of that um, and what God is doing is just uh, an awesome thing to see him do. Um, so you can go on to the next one. This is a village we went to in Sarodi, another home we visited. And as you see the, the people sitting, <clears throat> what they would do is when they would come, they would bring their chairs out for everybody to sit, and they said, please sit because if you don't, it's rude to them. So they would go and get their best whatever they had, plastic chairs, a wooden bench. If they didn't have it, they went to their neighbor and borrowed it. This happened at every house that we went to and visited. Um, so as you can see, the houses on the bottom, those are made out of mud. Um, there's dirt floors. When I And I didn't get a picture of the inside of one, but when I walked in one, um, they have like like bamboo I would say is probably what it is, and um, you would find, like, utensils stuck or whatever. Like, they used the, the roof as a storage 
place. Their beds are usually like a blanket, something like that. Their walls were like a sheet, um, very dark in there. Um, but this is this is their housing for most of them. You can go to the next one. When I was getting excited about Uganda, um, I kept hearing God over and over. <clears throat> he goes, this is going to be a, a really good trip. He goes, you're going to be blessed, and there's going to be some surprises. This is Joanne. And I didn't know it at the time, but um, when we have visited Joanne's house, she's a sponsored child. She's four. <sighs> there was her house that we had went into to see and how she lived. And um, so Joanne was, we were sitting there talking to the family and um, one of the things we did was we would share the word of God and pray for the family. And as we were walking back to Joanne's house, me and Phyllis took her hand and walked with us. Um, Joanne's now my, one of my sponsored children. So, um, but this was, this was just a surprise that God had and um, was not expecting it. But when I saw her and I heard her name, it was, it was like echoing super loud in my head. Um, so I now have Emma and Joanne in Uganda. And just to be able to have met her, to know what God's plan was, um, and to know that it's going to help her to survive, <laughs> go to school, and hopefully break the chain of poverty that she's in. You can go to the next one. This is Joanne's mom in her kitchen. The kitchen is very much like the house. It's made out of mud, dirt floor. They cook over an open fire. Um, of course, it's thick with smoke. She was cooking in there, and I couldn't stay in there long. But um, just, you know, we we have these nice kitchens here and these nice three and four and five bedroom houses or more and, you know, bathrooms inside. And they just kind of go to the bathroom. They have a spot where they go, wherever that is. And um, But this is the kitchen that they use. You can go to the next one. Um, this is the chicken that we were given by Joanne's family. Uh, <laughs> We had kind of, we had fun with this chicken, I won't lie. Um, we took silly pictures and stuff, but really, honestly, it was a sacrifice for the family. This is a meal for them. This is maybe two meals for them. Um, but they gave us this chicken. They tied up the feet of the chicken. We stuck it in one of the coasters. The chicken sat in the back the whole time we were driving. Um, it got brought back to the house, brought into the kitchen. It stayed there overnight till the next day when it became lunch. So um, this is our gift from Joanne's family. and um, But like I said, they, they farm. They raise chickens. They don't go to Walmart to buy stuff. Um, so you can go to the next one. This is us praying for a family um, at one of, in Sarodi. Um, and just, I don't, I can't tell you what we were praying for, but um, just sometimes they would ask us for prayer. So we would pray and gather around them, pray for them. You can go to the next one. Um, this is just another, uh, the boy up front is waiting to be sponsored. This is just a group of children that are at Joanne's um, house there. Um, some were relatives, some were just neighboring kids. This is Mr. Jim and his wife, Phyllis. They are, they are sponsoring all four of these children. Um, we met this lady, uh, and two of her children were on the sponsored list, um, and her husband had recently passed away, 
So Jim had shared with her the story of, this is Phyllis's second wife, his first wife of 39 years, I want to say, passed away. And so he uh, shared that story with her, and you could tell it really touched her um, because there were tears flowing. And, um, you know, God was just using him to speak to her and comfort her in that time. I will say before I go any further that nine people went on this trip and nine children were sponsored. Um, That's pretty phenomenal to have um, basically one person sponsor a a child. Um, But he has sponsored this family here basically. And so it was just a special moment for him to share with her. He understood what it was like to lose a spouse. And, um, again, we just, we would share the word of God with them. We would pray with the families. We can keep going. Um, this is another sponsored child. This is Ronnie's daughter sponsored child. Um, this is his mom. Um, the water jugs you see there are what they would carry to wherever they get water at. Um, there's some places there are spigots or a spout or something where they go and get the water. Um, I think they hold about 10 gallons. But we would see little girls holding them, walking, um, women, boys, um, you know, so when you're walking miles, it gets heavy. They have to stop, go. Um, they don't have clean water, you know, just wherever. And um, they don't have any running water in their homes. You know, we have our, our kitchens, our toilets, our washing machines, our showers outside. Um, they don't have any of that. So this is Ronnie's sponsored, our daughter's sponsored son. We can keep going. This is her with him, and this is Boomba and our like I said, Boomba grew up in Heinz Ministries. Um, he's just a really awesome man of God. And um, he was our driver for the most part for the week. He's funny, um, has a lot of wisdom, and he honestly, you can see the love he has for his people. And um, he just gives back. God gave to him, so he's giving back. So um, just to be able to be in the, in, around Boomba was a blessing in itself. You can keep going. All right, this picture was, uh, I have to tell you the story. Um, we were introducing ourselves, and her name is Jennifer. So I'm like, well, my name's Jennifer, too. And she didn't quite get that. So when she finally got it, she laughed. I mean, it was just, and then everybody laughed. So then the two Jennifers had to get their pictures taken together. She has 11 children, by the way. Um, I don't know where the dad is. He just comes and goes. Um, it's just culture over there. Um, but, you know, they have probably about four or five of those little mud homes or huts. Um, sure, one of them is a kitchen. Some of them you'll see that are smaller, kind of like a storage type thing. They'll lift their roof off, and there's like it's like a storage container. You can keep going. <clears throat> this is just a guy working his cattle. I mean, we would see him working their little cattle, their goats. Um, you would see goats just everywhere tied up, baby goats, cattle tied up. Um, somebody asked me if, there, if we saw animals over there. I said, yes, we saw chickens, goats, cows, and pigs, and like four dogs and zero cats. Um, so you can keep going. This is just uh, a village, a family, a family we visited in, a, in the village of Kamakoli, which is where we stayed. You'll see the growth on the little boy's belly. That's a umbilical hernia. Um, you know, over here it would be surgery. But unfortunately, they don't have the means to have that. Um, what happens with that, I don't know. But we saw that quite a bit. But that was probably the worst one that I had seen. 
Um, when we go visit the families, we'd also bring clothes to give out to them. You can go to the next one. Um, some of the ladies, or some of the supplies that were sent to us were these little dresses here made out of pillowcases for the girls. But we'd give them clothes, and when I say we gave them clothes, if, if it was like a boy or a man, they would get either a shirt or a pair of pants or a pair of shorts. A woman would get a dress. If there was a skirt, she would get just a skirt because we had to make it go further. Um, some got flip-flops. The kids, we had like a whole suitcase of like those McDonald's and Burger King toys that, you know, the kids get and they play with and throw away. We had a whole, whole suitcase full of those. Um, teenagers, young adults gave those away. They loved them, you know. Um, so what we think is not a big deal is a very big deal to them. And, um, uh, it means a lot to them. You can go to the next one. These are the set of twins that we found. What's funny about this is we had talked about the day before. We're like, we haven't seen any twins, like at all, with all the families we visit and all the people we've seen. And we go to this little house in this village, and, oh, my goodness, there's a set of twins. But when we first got there, they had no clothes on. So we had to put clothes on them in order to take pictures of them. Um, but aren't they cute? I mean, goodness gracious, Ugandan babies are cute, y'all. Come on, you know they are. Look at them. I mean, um, but one of the girls, Zoe, was told that she's like, do you want them? I'm like, yes, I want to hold them. I mean, they're twins. There's two of them. All right, you can go to the next one. This is uh, just some pictures of people there that we met in the villages. Um, just like when, if you've ever been to Guatemala on a mission trip or any other, maybe other country, uh, the women oftentimes carry things on their head. I saw a lady, no lie, when we were going to our excursion day, was holding something and she had a pot on her head with a spoon in it. And she was also carrying something. I'm like, that's talent right there. I mean, I, I just, I can't, you know, I can't do that. Um, but these are just, you know, people that we met. Um, clothes we were given to, candy. Candy's a huge thing. Little suckers. I mean, even the adults. And it's not something they can get a hold of, you know. Um, they can't afford it. It's not a, it's not a need. You can keep going. This is a water tower. And there's a church in Florida, and I don't remember where, that has promised 10 water towers in 10 years between Kamakoli and Sirodi. This is the first one in Kamakoli. They've already got a spot uh, picked out in Sirodi for the next one. Um, it's going to be life-changing to have these water towers. Very, I mean, that's just a huge commitment, and praise God for that um, because it's such a need over there. You can keep going. Um, just more children and people that we met, um, just giving out supplies, and um, you can keep going. This was our excursion day. The waterfall you'll see behind me is Sippy Falls. Um, hike up to that, and then we got in our van. It was really slippery. Um, it had rained. The mud was slick. The rocks were slick, so I'm slipping and sliding, and these two guys come up, and they just, like, help us up, but they're literally, like, dragging us, and they have, like, sliders on or no shoes at all, and I'm, I'm like, you got to slow down because, you know, I'm about to fall or slip or whatever, um, but they just, they, they walked up it like it was nothing, and then we left there, and we went to another waterfall. I don't know the name of it, but this is actually the top of the waterfall, so if you were to look down, the waterfall would be below them. Um, they're washing their clothes in the water, and, um, but unfortunately, that makes their water dirty. So, you know, um, so it's still not clean water. <clears throat> you can go to the next one. <laughs> this is Grace. Um, 
I first heard about grace two days prior to this picture. Um, Boomba was telling us about this little girl. Um, Grace has HIV. And her dad had put her in a shed or or something like that um, and left her there to die. Uh, One more child or Heinz Ministries came along. They were, I don't know, I don't know. They were just in the right place at the right time. Um, They heard Grace. They found her. She was so malnourished that her skin was falling off of her. Um, But Grace is now thriving through sponsorship. She lives with her aunt, which is unusual for another relative to take them in because it's, Honestly, it's a burden. Um, You know, we wouldn't see it that way, but they don't have the money to care for their own kids, let alone a niece or a nephew or somebody else's. So for that to happen in itself is um, just a God thing. But um, both Grace's parents died from AIDS. Her dad actually died about, I want to say it's probably been about five weeks ago now because of AIDS. Um, but this is Grace. She's thriving, and God's got a plan for her, and I know he does. You can go to the next one. <clears throat> These are just some of the kids. Um, this was the last day we were there um, at the school, which was kind of nice and uplifting from going into the villages the day, the couple days before. Um, so just being able to kind of hang out with them, and we shared Bible stories with them. We played games with them in the morning. And then the afternoon, we just kind of hung out. Um, one little girl came up to me. Um, she's like, I'm mad at you. I've never seen her before. I didn't know why she was mad at me. I'm like, why are you mad at me? She goes, because you're leaving tomorrow. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, but uh, I, I think it shows how much they enjoy having us there and the impact that, um, it, you know, that God uses us and it has an impact on them. So you can go to the next one. Um, this is, I don't remember that little boy's name, but he was a stinker. Um, but he was he was funny. And then this is a group of girls that we had a Sunday school lesson with or a Bible lesson. This is Eunice. Eunice lives with Catherine. Catherine Hines, which I mentioned earlier, fosters kids. And she's fostered probably about 30 or so over the years. Eunice is sassy as all get out. Um, the last night we were there, she's like, come hug me. I'm like, no, you come here. She's like, no, you come here. So, of course, I went over there and hugged her. But, um. Anyways, Eunice is sassy, and she's just, she's funny, and she's going to be running a business one day, I think. Um, Go to the next one. This is Peace. Peace was our cook uh, for breakfast every day, sometimes lunch and dinner. Um, Just really sweet and really nice, and just, um, just, you know, she was just fun to be around. You can go to the next one. This is, uh, we did a tea and uh, Bible lesson with the ladies. This is the homemade donuts they made, and um, it was crowded, and there were a lot of people. We gave out a lot of donuts, and we gave out a lot of tea. Um, and this is Ronnie, who's doing the, the Bible story to go with that. You can keep going. This is uh, just us at the school um, and just hanging out with the kids, and we're, I don't know, I'm playing a game or something with them there. You can keep going. 
This is a food sponsorship day. This is Elizabeth. Elizabeth was fun. Like, she was sassy. And um, I could have a lot of fun with her. Um, but she was fun to be around. She's a teacher at the Genesis School. Uh, the right, um, the pictures next to her are people getting their food bags. You can go to the next one. Um, so when they said that we were going to be able to help with sponsorship, they said there will be like 30 or 40 people. I was like, okay, we can do that. We walk out, there's like 150 people. I was like, mm, this is a little bit more than 30 or 40. But what happened was 30 or 40 sponsored, yes, but people had heard they were giving food away, so they came to try to get food. Um, so, and the reason why I have this picture here is because you'll see most of the people that picked up the food were older. They were weaker. They were older grandparents sponsored or have their children, their grandchildren. So they come, they walk, um, however far they need to walk to get there. But this guy, I handed him his food, and it was so heavy when I handed him to him, he goes, oh. And I thought, oh, man. You know, I'm like, I wanted to go help him, like carry it where he was going. Um, there were a lot of them like that that was just so heavy for them. Um, but, you know, they need the food, and they're there to get the food, and they said with the other people there, they were going to try to figure something out for them, um, but but food is a great need over there. Um, you know, we waste so much food here, and we throw so much out, and, you know, I see kids in the high school, when I first started working in high school, that literally walk through the line and grab their tray of food and walk to the garbage and throw it away, and it just blew my mind, and even more so now, because I'm thinking, people are starving to death, and here we are wasting what they need. You can go to the next one. This is just some more pictures at the school. Um, <clears throat> I have a group of kids there that I was talking to. I think that was the story of Joseph and the Mini Coda Colors, or his, but I'm not sure. Um, we went through a lot of stuff. And just a little, one of the kids in the classroom, you can go to the next one. <laughs> like I said, God's, God said, he goes, I have a plan for you, and I have some surprises for you, and you're going to be blessed. This is Anasi. Anasi is 14. She is also my sponsored child. Um, they have, one more child had a, a, a book, pictures of children sponsoring to sponsor. So I looked through it, and I saw her picture, and I was like, I think I want to sponsor her. But then we met Joanne before I had committed to that. And we were in our wow time that night and during our prayer time, and I was thinking, I'm like, how do I pick? Which one do I pick? And I literally, God goes, why do you have to pick? So I said, okay, well, that answers that question. I actually got to meet her. Um, I didn't get a picture with her, but she is, she's a spitfire, that girl. Um, we talked a little bit. I'm like, don't be shy. She's like, I'm not shy. And I was like, okay. You know, she's 14. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, you know, when I say that this trip was huge and it was a blessing, um, I don't, I, that's, you know, I can't really can't really explain it to you, but it was. You can go to the next one. Um, this is our last picture together as a group. We went to this restaurant to eat, um, and the woman knew where the, the owner's wife, get this, she knew where LaBelle was. I was like, what? Her family, she has uh, her parents are building a home in Alva, and uh, I'm like, I mean, of all the, you know, all the places where somebody actually is where LaBelle is, it's Uganda, because I can go to like you know, Orlando, and they're like, where's LaBelle? I don't know where that's it. But, uh, you know, so it's just, just a good trip. But I just wanted to share some things that I wrote with I wrote um, to kind of tie this up. I wrote this on the Wednesday evening of my trip. 
Um, and I'm going to go and read this passage of scripture. It says, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew, them, they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about him and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who need healing. So this is what I wrote. As we drove through the villages, children would run to our coaster or run beside it, waving at us, yelling, Mzunga, Mzunga. We would make a stop at the homes of the people we visited. People would come every, from everywhere because they knew we had something for them. And this reminded me of how Jesus and how people would go to him and surround him because they had heard of him and knew he had something to say and offer them. The more I thought about this today and just kind of process some things, I realized that what we're doing, we are being Jesus, and we had something to offer these people. And even though they were looking for material things, we brought Jesus to them and offered them more, whether it was salvation, love, or hope. We have been Jesus this week, and I could picture him at one point standing beside us where we were being introduced to a family and hearing him tell me, are they wonderful people? I just love them. Um, so about day three of being in Uganda, I realized I was getting excited about sharing this trip with you. And as the trip was coming to an end, I thought if I could sum up this trip in one word, what would that be? I had words like overwhelming, heartbreaking, heartwarming, joy. And it was every one of these things, but none of these words worked. They just didn't seem to be the right fit. So onto the way, on our way to the airport, I kept thinking, what word could sum up this trip? And the word good came to mind. I thought, Good. There's nothing really special about this word, or at least that's what I thought. And if you're a teacher, good is not a descriptive word you want your students to use in their writing. You want them to use the synonyms of the word good, like superior, excellent, marvelous, and awesome. And as I looked a little deeper into the definition of good as a noun, there are two definitions. But the one that stuck out to me was the first definition, which says, good means that which is morally right and righteousness. And some of those synonyms, synonyms our truth, justice, and pureness. And I thought, this is exactly who God is. He is the epitome of all things good. He is good all the time, and all the time is good. And many people can't see God's goodness because of their situation. But the people of Uganda realize his goodness because they hope in it. Even when someone is going through cancer, divorce, struggling with depression, or living in extreme poverty, God is good. Why? Simply because he is God. So when some ask, someone asks me how your trip was and I say good, I don't mean good as an okay, but good as an excellent because they just God sent me there. An awesome God went before me, <clears throat> laying out every detail and every story I would hear. And that God is the same God of truth that's here and in Uganda. He has brought me into a deeper relationship with him because of this trip, helped me to have even more compassion for those who are hurting, helped me love the least of these, and is showing me more and more that my inconveniences or struggles are meaningless in comparison to what the people in Uganda deal with on a daily basis. They, will, they deal with extreme poverty, diseases such as malaria, HIV, and AIDS, lack of food, clean water, money, clothes. Let's face it, we're spoiled here. I'm spoiled. You're spoiled. And I need to realize the most important things in life aren't bonuses at work, insurance for our families, our new iPhone, getting our meal in the drive through in less than three minutes, struggled with that the other day, I won't lie, Burger King. Um, So I struggle with that. Political views and so on. But the most important thing as a Christian, and not just a Christian, but a follower of Christ is being the hands and feet of Jesus and telling others about a good God that loves them so they can hope in him in all their circumstances. We as God's church here in America have got to quit living in a way that contradicts God's word 
to start living like those in Uganda who cherish their relationship with Christ. And you come for miles to attend church to worship him with their whole heart, sing the songs with joy, listen intently to the word, and choose to believe with all their heart that God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Thank you.